0: Um, today, we are finishing our series. We started in the first Sunday of January called Teach Us to Pray. We've been we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer. The Bible says that confession is good for the heart. So I want to ask you a question that you go, I, I don't know. Let's let's call it rhetorical, okay? You don't have to respond. How many of you have ever stolen something? <laughs> You're like, I didn't really expect to come to church and be asked. Yeah, some of you are like, well, yeah. Like twenty times, hey, everybody here hadn't been saved their whole life. I just want you to know that. You know what I'm saying? So it's okay. We got people with testimonies in the room. Thank God, right? Isn't that right? So, um, well, I have. I I stole something. I want you to know. Uh, And and uh, it it it, I I still carry the memory to this day. Um, To be fair, I was in kindergarten. I don't laugh at my testimony. I was in kindergarten, and the teacher said to me, Jay, I want you to go um, to my desk, and I want you to open the middle drawer, and uh, I, whatever it was, a ruler, whatever it was. And, and I was taken back. You know, I, it was my first year of school. I'd never been in school before. We didn't do K1 through 90 back then. You know, we just had kindergarten. you just at home running around in the backyard until kindergarten. It's the 70s, you know what I'm saying? A whole different thing. So I I, I thought, I was sort of captured a little bit. I thought, "You, you, you want me to go into the teacher's desk? I mean, that's like opening the wardrobe to Narnia. I didn't know, you know, what all was in there. There could be dragons or, you know, I didn't know if there were children caught in there or, you know, maybe your grades would be and I didn't know what was in there. But somehow she trusted me to go. And then I thought, you trust me to go in your desk? I'd never been in a teacher's desk before. I'd never even been behind a teacher's desk. So I, I wandered up there, you know, kindergarten. What is that, five years old, something like that? I wander up there, and I pull the middle drawer. And she didn't tell me where it was, just in the middle drawer. So I opened, and there's just stuff everywhere. And uh, there's this little candy bar Right at the front, you know, almost like it's bait. You know, it's right there. And had it been a king-size candy bar, I would have never considered taking it. But you know, because it had been too big, I couldn't have got it in my little pocket. And and back then, uh, America hadn't become quite so obese. We didn't have king-size yet. Had it been a regular size, I wouldn't have taken it. But it was a mini. Oh, come on, Jesus. How many of you, those little minis you can just pop like potato chips, can't you? And I, I saw that little thing there, and I was taken back, and I was fishing around in the drawer for whatever it was she told me to get. And, and uh, I, I, I heard it calling my name, you know. She really This is really her way to reward you. She really wanted you to have this. You know, all these delusional thoughts came to my mind. And, and I took my sweaty little paw, and I wrapped it around that little Snickers and I, and I stuck it down in my pocket, and I shut the door and took her whatever she wanted. And the rest of the day, all I could think about was, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this little candy bar that I've taken? You know, I had this temptation that I couldn't overcome, and, um, and so I was just nervous. all Then I thought, what's going to happen when she opens the drawer and it's not there? You know, will she know? And she opens the drawer and shuts it, and I thought, uh-oh, nothing. You know, and, and then, then the rest of the day, the bell rang, I went home, and by that time, I must have been nervous, because the little candy bar melted in my pocket, you know, it just got mushy in there, but I, I, I would not be discouraged. I, I went in my bedroom, and I hid, and I opened that little thing, and I just licked it off the paper, you know what I mean? I just licked it off the wrapper, and I ate it, and can I tell you, it was the most unsatisfying dessert I've ever had in my life, because I knew it was, I knew it was wrong, you know what I mean? And, and, and here's the thing. All of us face moments of temptation, and we all face moments of decision that will define us. The question is, how do you and I walk in victory in those moments? You know what, what I'm talking about. Uh, times when no one's watching, and it's likely that no one will ever find out what you decided But you will know, and God will know, and the decision that you make in that moment has everything to do with what kind of person you're going to be. It defines you whether anyone else ever finds out or not. And somehow, as we move through life, we move from candy bars, you know, to a lot bigger things. Temptations. Well, the Lord's Prayer Has something to say to us, the Lord's Prayer has a way to help us in moments just like these. So, would you stand with me and let's just read the Lord's Prayer together one more time. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You can be seated. What, what does this lead us not into temptation mean? Well, this little part of the prayer falls under the category that I like to call life is complicated. Anybody, anybody ever found that to be true? Life is complicated. Is complicated. I put it under that category because not only is life complicated, these verses are complicated. I mean, I, I, I struggle with these verses all week, and I've struggled with these verses at other times in my life to go, exactly what does this mean? First, one of the reasons it's complicated is it's just written in a strange way. Lead me not into temptation. Why wouldn't it just say, do not lead me into temptation? Why does it say, lead me not into temptation? That's not the way that we talk. I don't want to go to the Galleria, but I don't say, lead me not to the Galleria. (laughs) If you were around here on Wednesdays, you know, uh, some of our staff would say, lead me not to Tzatziki's, because that's a whole inside joke. We go to Tzatziki's too much. But lead me not to Tzatziki's. We don't talk like that. It's written in a strange way, so we kind of know how to quote it, but we don't necessarily really know what all it means. It's also complicated because the word temptation has multiple meanings. One meaning is exactly how we read it, the word temptation. But, but just fathom with me for a minute, what if you do translate the word temptation as temptation? What is it actually saying? You're saying, God, lead me not into temptation. Is that an option? Was God on the verge of leading you into temptation? And you prayed and he went, okay. All right, you got me. You caught me. Man, I was just about to drop a bomb on you. I was going to lead you right off in the middle of a pit and a trap and let Satan have you forever. Well, since you prayed it, I guess that's over. I mean, we can't even imagine that even making sense. James chapter 1, verse 13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God tempt anyone. So we're not actually, we can't be praying God, don't do something you weren't going to do anyway. If by temptation you mean God protect me from experiencing temptation, that's a different prayer. But it's also problematic because to not experience temptation is to no longer be human. The Bible says Jesus tempted in every way as we are. God's not going to remove all temptations, we're not going to be somehow inoculated. We can't become spiritual enough that we're inoculated to never be experience temptations or never feel temptation ever again. So that doesn't really make sense. Another way to translate the word temptation is the word test or testing. But if you translate it that way, you have another problem. The Bible teaches us if you're saying, lead me not into test... The Bible teaches that we are going to be tested and that we are to approach those tests with joy. So that's not really a good way to translate it either. Maybe God in his wisdom wanted it written this way because it perfectly reflects the category of life is complicated. How many of you have ever had those situations in your life, it is but it isn't? How many of you have ever been through something so complicated you say, I don't even know how to explain it? I'm not even sure I understand it myself. I can't even wrap my brain around what all I've been through or what all is happening. It's complicated. Well, maybe this is this this scripture, maybe God in His wisdom wanted to write the scripture this way to reflect the conundrums of our life. And this verse perfectly fits. So how are we to understand what Jesus was teaching us about prayer? Remember, we've been reading the Lord's Prayer because the Lord's Prayer is Jesus' answer to the request of the disciples, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, okay, I'll teach you how to pray. And he gave them the Lord's Prayer. So what did he want us to know about prayer when he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one? Well, let me give you a few things that we're certain of and then I'll answer that question. Number one, if you're taking notes this morning. God will test you because he wants to prepare you. Any Anybody here like to take tests? No hands. I don't. I don't like to take tests. I, I, I get in the middle of a test and I feel all this pressure. And I feel like I... I feel like tests, I parcel things too much, and I feel like tests are open to interpretation, and I read the, the question or the multiple choice, the fill in the blank, and I go, well, how do you mean that? Because there's three ways to take that. What answer are you looking for? I never was a good test taker. I don't, I don't like to take tests. So why does God test us? Well, wouldn't you say that the most free person who ever lived, the person who lived with the most freedom, was Jesus. I mean I mean we couldn't really argue that, could we? Wouldn't you say the most joyful person, the most peaceful person, the person who worried the least, the person who walked in the most victory, the person who knew God the Father the best. Wouldn't we say, right it has to be Jesus, right? I mean I, I don't know what else we believe if it's if it wasn't. Did you know that God has a plan to make you as much like Jesus as possible? And do you know what that means? That means that when you become as much like Jesus as possible, then you walk in as much freedom and as much joy and as much peace and as much victory as possible. So here's the thing. God loves you and he loves me too much to leave us the way we are. So how does he move us into that process where we become like Jesus? He tests us. He gives us test. He moves you by testing you. He tests you that he might prepare you for the calling he has on your life. Now a test does two things. A test reveals your weakness. Right? God, God will test you to reveal your weakness not so he can embarrass you, not so he can shame you, and not because he doesn't already know where it is. He will test you so that you might know where it is, so that you might invite him in and partner with him on the strengthening of your weakness. Why? So that you might be able to uh, stand up underneath the big calling he has on your life. The worst thing you could do is give a five-year-old a driver's license. Why? They can't pass the test. God has big things for you, but he has to test you in order to prepare you so that he might strengthen you so that you may be able to handle it. God wants you to be strong enough to go where he's taking you, and he wants to be strong enough for you to become what he's making you. A test reveals your weakness. A test also reveals your preparation. How many of you have ever taken a test and you didn't study? A lot of Oh wow, that's a lot different than the first question. Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> it's terrible, right? You're like, I sort of remember kind of I think maybe maybe I can sort of logic my way through this. Maybe I can just fake my way. Yeah, how'd that go? That's about a C minus or an F, right? Didn't work out, you know why? Cuz you weren't prepared. If you've taken a test you were prepared for though, you're like Give me the test. Like, I got this. This is no big deal. its I, I mean, I hate to say it out loud, it might even be a little bit of a joy. Because you're prepared. God will sometimes test you to show you how your preparation is going. And he's always preparing you for the calling that he has on your life. Now, just to put this down in practical Monday through Friday life, I, I, I want to say this to you. The job that you have might be a test. The conflict in your marriage might be a test. One of the classes you're taking might be a test. The difficult person you're dealing with might be a test. The season you're in might be a test. The little task that you've been given that seemed too unimportant for you to give your full attention to might be a test. The circumstances you're in might be a test. I remember uh, when I was a youth pastor, hearing from a veteran youth pastor, uh, he told a story about how he recruited people to help him serve uh, teenagers and become part of the youth staff. And, and he said, what I do is, is I invite them to come to an event that we're doing and to just help out with the event. And he said, I always make sure that somewhere in the middle of the event, they get at least one really undesirable task like I, I ask him to do the dishes or ask him to take the trash out or something nobody wants to do and he said if they spend the rest of the night complaining if they drop the ball if 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 they dodge it or they push it off on somebody else he said in my mind i know they're not ready to serve yet because they're not prepared they took the test, and the test revealed they're not prepared. They don't have what it takes to really serve people. On the way to where God is taking you, he has some tests for you, and, and he will test you to make sure when you get there, you're ready for what's next. God tested Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, we read, sometime later, God tested. God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham, here here I am, he replied. What was the test about? Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice, and there's a burnt offering. Why did God test Abraham with his son? Watch. Because God had put a destiny and a calling on Abraham to be the father of many nations. And if you're going to be the father of many nations, you've got to be tested on, are you a good son? Because before you can be a good father, you need to be a good son. Can you follow the father? Can you trust the father? Can you obey the father no matter what happens? God was testing Abraham's faith. Also, God the Father tested Jesus, his son. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now look, the verse says, you might say, whoa, time out. It says that he was tempted by the devil. Right, but roll it back a few phrases and what does it say? Jesus was led by the Spirit. So what does that mean? That means that God was testing his son so that he might prepare him for the cross. Jesus had no sinful weaknesses, but neither was Jesus ready for the cross at five years old or ten years old or twenty years old. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And if Jesus needed to grow, we need to grow, and if Jesus needed to be tested to grow, we need to be tested to grow. And so, and so. God the Father tested his son Jesus. When God tests you, it's never to hurt you, it's to prepare you. Have you ever had somebody push you into something unprepared? Why did you why did you ask me to get up in front of everybody and you know do that? You didn't tell me, you didn't warn me. We think God's harsh because he tests us. What's worse than that is just pushing you in. Much rather for God to, you know, at least draw the play up on the board. Say, okay, when we, you know, when we hike the ball, you run right. That's a lot better than when we hike the ball, make up something good. Right? It's a lot better. One of the ways that you'll know that it's God testing you and not the enemy tempting you is that God will only give you tests you can pass. God's not, God's not trying to hurt you It doesn't mean you will pass all the tests, because certainly you won't. Because you're human. And when you don't pass the test, it will just make it clearer to you the area of your life that God wants to strengthen, that He might bring you to wholeness. But God will definitely test you, and He'll only give you tests that you can pass, because He's a merciful God. James chapter 1, verse 3, Because you know that the testing of your faith... Produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God will test you that he might complete you. God will test you that he might complete you, not hurt you. So God tests you to prepare you. Here's the second thing that we know for sure. Satan will tempt you because he wants to destroy you. Satan wants to take you out, so he preys on your weakness, and so many of the things that we battle have a spiritual foundation to them, and sometimes we don't know it. Ephesians six twelve tells us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Against rulers and authorities, against powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Sounds like a crazy video game. <laughs> Except it's not. It's life. The battle that you're facing today is not against the people that you're fighting. It's not against your boss. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your company. It's not even against people who are anti-God. Those are all people God loves. Your battle's not against them. Your battle is against the forces of darkness who are determined to destroy you. And by the way, they don't play fair. Do you know originally the Greek word for devil, the New Testament's written in Greek, and originally the Greek word for devil was never a title or a a pronoun? It was never proper. Do you know what the, the, the plain meaning of the word devil in Greek means? It means slanderer. So what the devil wants to do is slander you. He wants to say things about you and say things to you that slander God and slander you and tear down your reputation and tear you down and shame you and condemn you and embarrass you and hurt you. Satan will absolutely kick you while you're down because he's a slanderer. Now, if you don't believe that's true, why do you think trouble always comes in packs? You ever notice things don't things don't bad things don't happen in an orderly fashion don't don't you wish that one thing would go wrong in your life at a time so that you could handle that and then you'd have the resources for the next Th- things don't space out the right way they don't space out properly so that you might just have all the time and energy and money that you need to deal with all of it you know the day the washer breaks the car breaks and one of your kids freaks out and somebody gets sick and you know Your job goes down. All of it happens at one time. Anybody else have that experience? Things things don't go wrong in an orderly way. No, no, no. Once they start happening, you get tired and you get worn down and you get discouraged. And you say, if one more thing goes wrong, I think I'm going to lose my mind. And then here comes the dog pile. And you know why? Because Satan will wait until you're down and then he'll start punching you. There have been moments in my life that I couldn't have planned them to go any worse if I was trying to destroy myself. (laughs) Do you think all that's just coincidental? Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, let's look at it again. Let's look at the other side. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So was Jesus tempted or was Jesus tested? The answer is yes. You know why? Because oftentimes the devil will wait until God is testing you in order to tempt you. He will wait until you've been fasting for 40 days. He will wait until you're tired. He will wait until you're weak. He will wait until you're vulnerable. And then he'll move in with a temptation right there. Right there. And that's usually how it happens. He can't make you doubt, he can't make you quit, but he can sow seeds of temptation and they sound something like this. If God's so good, why is your life so bad? Where was God when you fill in the blank? It's just once, no one will ever know. If God really loved you, wouldn't he help you more? I mean, after all that you've been through, God understands if you cheat here a little bit. I mean, marriage is supposed to make you happy, but it looks like your spouse only cares about themselves. Why don't you just quit going to church? It's not really doing any good anyway. Just one look. Just one. See, Satan can't make you quit, but he can pour discouragement on you so thick that you get discouraged and you just give up. And I've got to add this too. Just in case. Any of us sort of slide into the theological camp where we say, well, I was doing fine, but Satan tempted me, and the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. He can make it look very attractive, but he can't make you do it. But let me tell you who can make you do it. You can make you do it. And so I've got to add here As much as Satan wants to destroy us, sometimes we actually help him because we tempt ourselves. James chapter 1. James has a lot to say about this. James chapter 1 verse 14. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Temptation comes from the devil, but temptation also comes from you, and it comes from me. And sometimes we sin when we tempt ourselves because we all want things we shouldn't have. Like a little mini Snickers bar in your teacher's desk. We want to put our sweaty little hand in there and say, mine. Why? Because I hate school. I'm tired of being shut in this room and taking tests all the time. I want to go outside and have recess. So let me give you a, a simple little prayer you can pray, okay? You can... Put your hand on your head and say, lead me away from the thoughts that tempt me. You can put your hand over your mouth and pray, lead me away from the words that tempt me. You can put your hand over your ear and say, Lord, lead me away from the conversations that tempt me. Put your hand over your heart and say, lead me away from the brokenness and evil in my own heart. And that's a good, good prayer. The good news is God has given us a tool to help us live in victory over testing and temptation and all the circumstances and trials of life. And here it is, number three. Why did God give us, what was God trying to teach us about prayer when he gave us the Lord's Prayer? Prayer will help you with tests and temptations. And if I could just expand it, prayer will help you through all of life's circumstances, whether you caused them or the devil caused them or somebody else caused them. There was an um, artist who painted a portrait of the devil playing chess with a young a young guy. And uh, as the story went, the, um, the painting hung in a museum in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the story uh, that came with the painting was that the devil invited this young guy to a chess match. And, you know, if the, if the young guy lost, um, he, would, he would have to give his soul to the devil. And if the, if the young, young guy won, then he was eternally free from all the influence of evil the rest of his life. It's kind of the Char- Charlie Daniels song. You know, some of you, this is the South, right? You remember, devil went down to Georgia. Well, devil went down to Cincinnati. It's, you know, the same thing. So chess experts started to analyze the painting because they saw how the pieces were organized on the board. And they realized that the young guy was only four moves away from losing. And so this created a stir, you know, in the, in the chess community. And no one could figure out how to beat the devil. Because they said, if you move here, if you move here, if you move here, he's got you, he's got you, there's no way out. Finally, one person studied the picture and was convinced that someone could beat the devil in the chess game. So they arranged a meeting with an with a aging chess master named Paul Murphy who came from New York all the way to Cincinnati to study the picture, as he sat analyzing the picture from every angle, minute after minute, hour after hour, he finally thought of a combination nobody else ever thought of that actually placed the devil in checkmate. So he figured it out. That story reminds me that God has actually given you a tool that will set the devil in checkmate in your life. God has given you a tool to lead you to victory and to help you overcome the circumstances and the trials and the temptations and the test. And that tool is simply what Jesus wanted us to know when he gave us the Lord's Prayer. It's prayer. Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer because he was telling us prayer will help you through all of life's circumstances. You want to know how to pass the test? Start in prayer, end in victory. You want to know how to get through temptation? Start in prayer, end in victory. You want to know how to get through the circumstances you're in? Start in prayer and end in victory. Matthew 6, 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, has a very important word in it that we haven't taught. We talked all morning about the word temptation that can mean temptation or test. But there's a more important word. We're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be tested. But there's a more important word in this verse that makes the whole thing lead you to victory. And here's the word, lead. Lead. God, you lead me. You're the leader. You lead me. You guide me. I can't do this on my own. I'll go the wrong way. So I wrote a little prayer out of this verse that goes something like this. Father, you be the leader and I will follow. I need your leadership. You know how weak I am and you know my tendency to go the wrong way. Lead me away from the things that have tempted me and lead me toward victory. Deliver me from the enemy's attempt to hinder my soul's restoration. See, here's the thing. God will only lead you to places that help you. He will not lead you to places that destroy you because he's good. And if you trust that he's good, then you have no problem saying, God, lead me. Would you just stand with me this morning? I want to ask our prayer team if you'd come. Would you just find a place you could be still and close your eyes for a moment, open your heart really wide? You see what's at stake today are the decisions that you'll make tomorrow and the direction that you'll go and the kind of person that you'll become and and the plan that God has for you. Sometimes we're tempted. Sometimes we're tested. Sometimes life's just hard and maybe it's neither one. Sometimes circumstances just pile up on us and things get heavy. So if you're here today and you're struggling with a temptation, I want you to know that this is the right place and this is the right moment. Maybe you're losing a battle you've been fighting or maybe you've lost a battle you thought you had won, but now here it is again. Maybe you're here today and you're walking through a test. God's testing you in this season or with this moment. It's very important that you trust Him in the test maybe you're not sure if it's a test or a temptation you just know it's hard and you need God's help to get you to victory God absolutely will lead you to victory maybe you're just in a place that you have a decision to make and it's not between right or wrong it's just a decision and I want want you to know the same prayer works lead me God, lead me. Maybe you're here today and if you were honest, you'd say, you know, I really haven't followed God in a long time or maybe ever. I'm not even sure I'm following God now, but today I'd like to pray to follow Him, to follow Jesus. I'd like to pray this morning. My heart is drawn. And today I'd like to commit my life to follow him with every eye closed if that's you would you just raise your hand so i could see it and you don't have to do anything just lift a hand and say i'd like to pray today to follow jesus because i'm i'm not sure i'm doing that i'm not sure i've walked far away from him for a long time and today's the day i need to follow him again would you lift your hand so i could see it we just want to pray for you today I want to I ask you, if you're struggling with temptation, if you're walking through a test, if you're in difficult circumstances, you need the leadership of the Holy Spirit in a decision. Today we want to pray for you. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Just like when that little desk drawer opened and I saw that candy bar, all the pressure was on my little five-year-old body at that moment. What decision was I going to make? and the decision that I made unleashed some hardship in my life and I was too young to know but God was there to help me if I'd only known in the same way God is here today to help you and there's gonna be voices from inside there's gonna be voices from the enemy there's gonna be voices of discouragement to say don't don't you move don't you respond Do it on your own, work it out by yourself. You don't have to walk through this scenario. You don't have to walk through these hoops. There'll be all those voices, but can I tell you, there is an invitation to the Holy Spirit for you to walk toward victory today. And as you take that step, you are taking a step and what you're saying is, God, I need your leadership. Lead me to victory today. And as as I continue to pray, if you need God to lead you away from temptation, through the test, toward victory, in a decision, I just want you simply, I want you simply to step out from where you are and come and find a prayer team member and say, help me, help me pray today that God's going to lead me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come right now. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to think about it another minute. The pressure is in the room, and the enemy's talking, and he wants to destroy you, but God wants to lead you to victory. If you need to walk toward victory, I want you to walk right now. Walk right now. Right now. Move from where you are. Move from where you are. Unfreeze unfreeze your stance and walk toward God and say, God, I, need, I want to walk toward victory today. I surrender myself to you, and I'm asking you, lead me today. Lead me to victory, Lord. Lead me to victory. Lead me through these circumstances. Lead me through this moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person right now that needs victory. I pray you draw every person that has a need that needs to be met. Every person who thinks that you've forgotten or it's been a long time or is discouraged as the worship team begins to lead. I want I want you to I want you to walk toward prayer right. I'm gonna
1: now. sing my way out of the valley.
0: God has invited I'm gonna you today to victory. God is inviting to, you the to
1: follow him. I will take hold of the truth of your promise. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna push through till every light crumbles. I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley. I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain. I will take hold of the truth of your promise. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise I'm gonna push through till every like crumbles I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley I'm going to shout my way up to the mountain I will take hold of the truth of your promise I'm going to praise, I'm going to praise I'm going to push through till every like crumbles I'm going to dance in the midst of the rain I'm going to rest in the arms of the Father I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise.
0: Lord, we thank you today that you are leading us to victory. We thank you today that you're leading us to freedom. God, I pray that you'd continue to lead us, and we confess our need of your leadership in our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. If you need prayer, our worship team's going to continue to sing, and we'd love to pray for you. On your way out, stop by one of our ministry booths and talk to one of our ministry leaders about an area that um, your gift can be used in. God bless you. See you tonight.